Hello and welcome back to the Scottish Rugby Podcast brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. I am Cammy Black. Uh, it's a new year, a new dawn. Hopefully, we'll see. We'll uh, maybe discuss that later in the podcast. Uh, but joining me uh, in this new uh, this new year, it's the one and only John Anderson. Hi there, folks. And we're also joined by Sandy Smith. Greetings. We have we've we've achieved balance tonight, haven't we? Because we've got I mean we've got things to cover with Embraer and Glasgow, but it's nice to have. I'm sure our Embraer listeners are grateful to have you on, Sandy. Um, Ian Ian and John's reign of terror is over. I thought they were very kind, to be honest. <laughs> I'm, su- I'm surprised you've not turned up with a bag of notes ready to ready to, to unleash. <laughs> probably just as well this is audio only. <laughs> no doubt you'll be hurling some hurling some verbal grenades later on, uh, Sandy. We'll give you an opportunity for that. Um, you can get involved and get in touch with us, as many of you have done this week. Thank you very much. We'll we'll get round to your contributions in a moment. We're on Twitter at Scott Rugby Blog or at Cammy Black. You can email us podcast at scottishrugbyblog.co.uk. And um, we don't get many emails these days, but if you if you want to send me a wee email to keep me company, then feel free. Um, we are also on Instagram, Scottish Rugby Podcast, and Facebook, Scottish Rugby Blog. You can also visit the blog, scottishrugbyblog.co.uk, where you will find such fantastic articles as uh, Ian's recent uh, review of Scotland's captaincy uh, issues, which which somebody thought was a joke. Um, I can assure you it's not jo- um, Ian is deadly serious with uh, his suggestions for who may be, be Scotland captain. Um, and again, we'll probably pick that up in a future podcast. We've also got, I think we're just kind of putting the finishing touches to this. John, have you done your bit tonight? We've got our 2020 predictions, head, heart and ask uh, predictions coming up. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm currently coming, I'm coming up against technical issues. But okay. um, I, I am, I am, I will be adding to it um, this this eve. Yes. Yeah, so, so watch this space for that. That's going to be a bit of fun. We've got we've we've head, heart, and ass predictions for Glasgow, Edinburgh, and Scotland. Um, it was quite a depressing exercise. <laughs> we might we we're going to talk, we'll do some uh, predictions later on in the podcast. We're not going into it as in depth as we've gone on to on the blog, but we'll we'll maybe do some passing predictions. I think a couple of people have got in touch with theirs. Um, there's been an avalanche of news since we were off the airs. We, we, we've only actually been away about three weeks over the Christmas period. Um, but all the news has come out. Um, the main one that's probably worth talking about is the is the, 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 the changes in the Scotland coaching setup, which is the, was the big news over the Christmas break. So Matt Taylor's out, which I think we all knew was coming, didn't we? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And Steve Tandy, who always reminds me of the uh, Liverpool old home strip that says can- that said Candy on it. That's all I can visualise when I see Tandy. Was Tandy not a brand of television or a shop as well at one point? It was, yeah, yeah. That, oh, that, yeah. Was, yeah. that was way, way back. Was, so it like radio- was it like radio rentals, Tandy? <laughs> I, I thought it was maybe calculators, but there you go. Might be calculators. I'll Google that while you guys are talking about this in a back, minute. But back, back then, they they, they kind of all those electrical firms diversified. You know, you could do calculators and CRT screens. It was all it was all the same. Tandy was the home. Oh, they still they still exist online. Amazing. Tandy have been the home of electronics since 1973, when the first UK Tandy shop opened to serve the needs of electronics enthusiasts and hobbyists. To Tate Tandy, we're returning to those original roots that made Tandy a leading electronics brand throughout the UK. So there you go. I think there might be an advert. The old VHS we had of uh, Star Wars that my dad had taped off the telly, I think that had an advert for Tandy on it. Um, 
So there you go. The Tandy Corporation went defunct in 2000. There you go. They also sold leather goods. Wow. Who knew? Um, the My other shoppers. Tandy, though, um, is uh, Steve Tandy. So the former Ospreys coach um, has done a be- Queensland's Reds defence coach, I think. Is that right? Have I got that right? Or Waters. Waratahs. I knew it was one of those Australian ones, but he's he's been getting getting plaudits over there. Well, Wales Online said he'd done very well. I'm not sure how, how uh, reliable, reliable so Wales Online are. Mm, yes, <laughs> you won't believe how well this Welsh coach is doing overseas. Um, <laughs> and we've also got um, a new. It's kind of like a weird thing, isn't it? It's like an interim forwards coach. Is he on trial? Yeah. Is he a trialist coach, John? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm I'm a big advocate of making sure people are not on long term contracts. I think it's just you know keep everybody on their toes, kind of you know just sh- short six month deals. Don't let the don't let the um, the two year deal give MD any security. So uh, yeah, definitely a trialist. Definitely I think trialist. probably it might be even be named in the the um, the sort of uh, wider Six Nations um, you know uh, teams. Uh, just as a trialist, you know, you get, get his no name. So you think, Peter, are we saying that Peter de Villas is on a zero hours contract here, Sandy? <laughs> it's, it's certainly sounding like that. With, with a very could, long probationary period. I mean, he is, I mean, it's. they haven't said as much, but we know that Danny Wilson's off to Glasgow at the end of the season. Um, I'll throw this to you, Sandy, before I go to John on this one, but we know Danny Wilson's off. So you've got to yeah. think that this is kind of the SIE saying, come in, show us what you can do, and potentially this could be a longer-term deal. Yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's a probationary period, as you say. It's a, a, Let's give it a whirl if it works out. If we get on with everybody, everybody's happy, and we'll, we'll see what happens. It makes makes sense while they've got that, that window of opportunity before, uh, before Wilson's off. So, yeah, might as well try it. A lot of people quite excited about De Villas, I think, in particular, seem to be um, a lot of people outside Scotland very, very envious of the appointment, John. Yeah, he seems to come come with quite quite a reputation. And I, I think he was involved with the, the, the Springboks recently. And we all know how kind of well their scrum went at the World Cup. You know, I will I will take the memory of Dan Cole getting marched back at possibly the fastest he's ever moved. Uh, I'll, I'll take that to the grave with a massive smile on my face. Um, so, yeah, it does seem to come with a bit of a reputation. Um, but let's let's see how he goes. I mean, we've, that, that's that's a couple of, a couple of South African kind of forwards coaches uh, we've got in the, the Scottish setup now. So, Maybe we've finally realised that if we want to get um, a decent set piece, it might be worth looking at, I don't know, the team that has the best set piece uh, in the world, potentially. Uh, mm. Maybe some sensible movings from the from our um, overlords. Yeah, I mean, still no... I mean, that's that seems to be it for the moment. There's still no sign of a, a kind of permanent attack coach. Um, well, Rob Howley's still banned, so <laughs> you can't... <laughs> He'll, he'll he'll be on, he'll be on retainer, mate. He'll he'll be he'll be behind the scenes. Uh, it'll be like you know when like football coaches get banned and they have to like they try to communicate with walkie talkies and stuff, be like that. But um, yeah, how long will be in the stand? You was, was it Alex Ferguson that was once smuggled in inside a laundry basket? Oh, it was Mourinho, I believe. <laughs> so he's checking checking the laundry baskets that, that Rob Howley hasn't been sort of <laughs> appointed as some sort of ninja attack coach. 
a, a wiry wee Welsh guy coming out your dirty laundry. Christ. <laughs> I've got the vision of uh, Rob Howley turning up like the villain in a Scooby-Doo cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> And he'd have got away with it if it wasn't for you pesky kids, you know. <laughs> turns up in a Ben, turns up in a Ben Ryan disguise, and at the end, is, <laughs> end of the Six Nations is unmasked. <laughs> from Ben Ryan tied up in the basement of uh, Murrayfield. Anyway, we 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 digress. Um, the other thing, the big news, I think, is uh, Jamie Lyle, who used to write for the blog. Um, and now uh, does commentating and, and writes for Rugby Pass as well. Now, he um, got quite a scoop, it has to be said, and managed to do do kind of an exit interview with Matt Taylor. I don't know if he was sort of caught him in the departures lounge at Edinburgh Airport, um, Jamie, but it was good work. And, and I think it's fair to say that Matt Taylor has has tossed some truth bombs. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and perhaps even thrown two fingers in the air as he... Flew away from Ember in terms of some of the things he said. It was quite interesting. He's, I mean, he said Scotland missed Alec Dunbar, John, and a lot of people took that to say that Scotland and Glasgow were wrong to drop Dunbar. But I, he caveated it by saying we missed Alex Dunbar, but the Alex Dunbar that actually had pace. Yes, he did seem to really highlight the pace aspect of it, and I think. Uh, it's a strange one because again you've you've heard the other side to that as well because I think Alex Dunbar's thrown a few yeah. kind of truth bombs back over the wall uh, since moving to France. Um, I, 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 it is one that kind of sticks a wee bit with me because I I don't think it was I don't think he was very, handled very well and for all of Dave Rennie's. Um, Dave Rennie's been great for Glasgow and he's, he's, he's promoted, you know, he's promoted a lot of good young players and has seemed to um, really develop quite a few players. But the Dunbar and the Jones situations will kind of, for me, will probably kind of tarnish the, the, the sort of legacy that he leaves behind. Because, um, yeah, it, it didn't really go to plan. Yes, I mean essentially what he, uh, I mean he he name checked Pete Horn as being a hard worker, but he he was kind of saying that Scotland have, have missed an abrasive centre in the yeah. Dunbar mould. They haven't really replaced it. But I mean, I can you look at Matt Scott's recent performances for Edinburgh, Sandy, and yep. he could almost slot into that role if that's something that Scotland are looking for. Yeah, and he and he's played really well this season. I mean, there's been obviously the, still the injuries affecting him a wee bit, but uh, uh, when he has been uh, fit, he's uh, looked immense. My only concern, and it's not, I, I would put him in in a heartbeat, but it's not the fact that uh, um, he, he's not capable. He is more than capable and would probably do as a decent job just now. You, you just wonder about the longevity of it because he's 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 29 now. So it's like, you know, are we are we looking just for the next six, you know, five six games, or are we looking beyond that? If you want, it, if it's just for this Six Nations, he'll do a cracking job, yeah. But you wonder in the and down further down the line, is that going to be a is that worthwhile? Yeah, I mean, this, this, the squad selection this this for this Six Nations will tell you so much about Townsend's mentality on this, because uh, if he picks. If he picks a Matt, you know, admittedly, and Matt Scott just now on form yep. should be a, should be in a Six Nations squad. There's no doubt about that. But if Townsend's thinking, I'm picking a squad for the next World Cup, or I'm picking a squad for two, three years from now, 
then he maybe doesn't pick Matt Scott. Yeah. Um, I don't think Townsend can afford to think that long term just now. Yeah, absolutely. He needs to pick his Six Nations squad based on, you know, and I, it's funny because I've been seeing a lot of teams posted with, you know, obviously quite quite a heavy core of Edinburgh players, and you can't disagree with that. On form, those guys deserve to be there. Um, I think it will be a lot more nuanced than that, but um, yeah, I think Townsend will have to pick on form. I would agree with that. I don't think we've got the luxury of. Oh, I think there's two reasons. One is we the senior players that may have stuck around for a year to kind of see the new generation in have all retired. You know, Barker, we, I think we when we last recorded Seymour had just announced his retirement and since then Barkley's also announced his retirement and then um we've we've also of course um sadly lost Hello, darkness, my old lost we Greek I know a lot of people are very sad about that he's <laughs> away now um so yeah it's it's not um Scotland aren't blessed with experienced players you've got Finn Russell um but outside of, I mean, it, it, they've got players who've played maybe had had the caps, but you have you haven't got the old the older heads. I don't think within that squad that have got that experience. So you may somebody like Matt Scott, who's you know played in the Premiership, um, you know been around the block a little bit, is is the kind of guy you would want in for the next two years. A bit like in the, you know, the, the, I think you listened to the official podcast, the, the role that Al Kellock was asked to do by Scott Johnson, which is, you know, you come in, you sit on the bench, you're in the squad, you come on, but you're here to kind of see the younger lads through and to ease them in. Seems like a sensible, um, a sensible solution. Um, but I think is, is again, Gregor Townsend that sensible? That's the question. No, absolutely <laughs> not. No, no, we're going to we're going to be starting with. Probably Finn Russell at 12, uh, we'll have <laughs> Rory Hutchinson at 13 and, um, you know, probably a, a, f- a fresh, you know, f- a Bradbury at nine or something, just, just to really mix it up, you know, just mix, oh, I don't know, he's, he's a conundrum. The, the other thing, I mean, and I'm not suggesting for a moment that Matt Taylor listens to this podcast, but he clearly does, uh, because... <laughs> In that interview, he said uh, he would like to see more invested in making players mentally tougher. Um, he said, uh, an area which we can do as an organisation a little better is sports psychology part of things. Maybe getting in a couple of psychologists at academy level and maybe a full-time person at the international level working with coaches. Now, I can't. What, which podcast has been such a banging the drum for that for about a year, the last year? Um, so, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah. I'm not saying that, that, that he definitely listens to the podcast, but he definitely listens to the podcast. Um, I mean, we know they've got Damien Hughes in there, but it, it has been an issue, Sandy, particularly away games. Scotland really have that mental blip. And, and looking at if that's the the one change that, that Townsend's going to... If there's one change you would want Townsend to make, it, it would be to kind of make the team more resilient. Yeah, because, we're, we're, I mean, we can't transform everybody overnight, but we can make them a bit... Bit more mentally tough, and if you if you can, you know, it's not a with the centres not. I don't mean the position, but you know the the the, the core of it. You're maybe going to struggle, but you, if there's something at the edges that you can sort that um, that uh, that allows them to forget about where they're playing, whether it be at home or away. And I mean, you could see that even 
um, in some of the games we played, I think it was last season, where they, they were putting the Scottish flag up on the crossbar at the, um, the, the when they played in Argentina, just, just to maybe try and give a sense of, I don't know, that, that, that it wasn't necessarily such a big deal to play away. Um, uh, but See, they're they're changing the way they're doing the, the away tours as well for or for for the for the Six Nations. I seen they were talking about they I think they're going to Spain. Yeah. Before the game or something. Well, that's a really interesting thing because well, they're, they're they're doing this away camp in Spain, which I think pretty much every other um, team does a variation on that and goes away and has a an overseas camp rather than being inter- you know the normal Scottish thing where we you know you're in St Andrews. I suspect being bothered by sponsors every other day to you know <laughs> pulling players out from training. If you're in Spain, you're not going to be bothered by that. You, you might have sort of Rob Robertson or uh, and the like lurking around the pool, but you're not going to have the same level of pressure as you would have being in in in, in the camp at St Andrews or being in the Orium every day. Um, they're going to Ireland on the Thursday before the game, and that's a massive change from the prep. They've, like you said before, John, I think there was was it last year that they went. A couple of years ago, or last year, that they went down to Cardiff at something like nine o'clock in the morning to play a game at three in the afternoon on a on a yeah, plane. Yeah, they done they done the team run uh, the day before at Murrayfield, Murrayfield and then yeah. flew down in the morning. It was first thing in the morning. Well, it which... seemed utterly. I mean, we 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 got. I got to the. I think I said I got to the bottom of why they did that. It was a Pep Guardiola thing of of keeping the players away from the pressure. But Pep Guardiola is doing that in the European Champions Cup and Champions League, and it's a completely different kettle of fish to. Kind of the, the 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 noise and the pressure of a you know of Cardiff on a on a Six Nations day. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think to be honest, it's. I mean, you can see why he wants to change it because it's what we've what we have been doing hasn't worked. I'm not convinced that this will work any better, but it's a kind of I think it's a reasonable shout to see whether we can, um, you know, change the way that it, that we approach this and if it if it pays dividends, great. But well. Again, proof will be in the pudding, eh? Yeah, it's a strange one. I mean, it's I've never been as down for Six Nations as I am at the minute. Normally, you kind of think, oh, this is our year. <laughs> Even yep. there's a small part he always thinks that, but I, I can't I can't see it this year. Now. It's almost because I don't, I think until the squad's announced, like you were saying, John, it's hard to know what direction he's going to take it in. I mean, I don't know, did either of you catch the interview with, it, with Townsend on the official podcast? No, no, not this He's time, no. just they, they kind of did a review of Japan, and he, I mean, he always sounds quite flat anyway. I think that's just his. I mean, he's from he's from Gala, so you can't blame him from sounding flat. Um, <laughs> it's in his nature, um, but he just seemed a little bit deflated still. And this was, you know, an interview in December. He just didn't really seem to have many answers for what had gone wrong, and was still kind of saying, "Well, the other teams were just kind of saying the other teams were just better." He hadn't really come up with any answers for why things hadn't quite clicked, and that was a little bit worrying. Yeah, someone needs to just take uh, Gregor aside and remind him that if you continue to pick players who are not the best in their position and who are not the best, um, or who are not in form, and or you fit. Them, or fit, and you take them to a World Cup and give them not very much game time, and then expect them to beat the host nation after a swell of emotion towards them, you're not going to succeed. It's it, it's unbelievably naive to think that you could drag the the same, uh, even any level of performance out of some of the players that you took to the World Cup. It's it, 
staggering. So if he's looking for anything that went wrong, I think he probably knows fine well that's the case, and he's obviously not allowed to say that in public. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's a shame that. Um, I want a bit more truth from the coaching. I want them to come out and Matt Taylor us, all of them, just, you know, like like Alvin Jones as well. Um, that's the new standard of truth bomb that should, yeah. should exist. I think we still, uh, the one thing I think we still lack, and I think this probably comes from the mental resilience thing, is we still lack a proper arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yes. uh, we, we've got, I mean, p- people point to Ryan Wilson, but I think what you, what you want is, a, is, is an arsehole who, I think Jamie Ritchie's Potent, got the got really got the potential to step up into that role. Yes. You, you want yep. somebody who's a, an exceptional player who's going to annoy you with the way he plays, but is also going to get in people's faces and do the the niggly little things off the ball like Alan Wynn Jones does. We need you know that that's the player we lack. You know, you see Alan Wynn Jones slapping Johnny Gray on the arse a couple of years ago, things like that. That's <laughs> you know, and you see it, the, the the example for Jamie Ritchie would be the off the ball instance against Japan where we had the lad around the throat. On the floor, and then later had <laughs> him around the throat during a bit of bit of zandbags, and and we maybe need a bit more of that in the squad. I think, like you said, we've got that soft centre, and hopefully, so I think it's a problem that it's certainly something that Richard Cockrell sorted out. Embro, it seems, Sandy, would you agree? Yeah, yeah. Although I think it's more with, with Cockers, it's been more a um, a, a just a way to motivate rather than a, I mean, he, he talks about. You know the soft public school boys, and then when you look at the team, there's maybe a bit two in the team. Um, I think it's just it's just I think it's just a way he uses to try and g them up a wee bit more than more than it has in. But it, you know it, it's working. I mean, uh, uh, Jamie Ritchie's is a great example. Luke Crosby is actually a really good example as well. I mean, it, if you want to talk about the, the uh, um, hopefully you don't have to bleep this out, Housery as they as they call it. Um, uh, uh, Luke Crosby last season. Uh, um, after getting verbals with the uh, King's second row, J.C. Arsle, he was kind of caught by the camera to be to give him a wee tap in the place that maybe you weren't expecting to be tapped in. Uh, <laughs> and that's the kind of, uh, you know, caught by the camera, but by nobody else. And it was just a bit kind of, it was a kind of... A nice bit and, of niggle. Yeah, uh, that's the word. A, a nice bit of niggle that got the got the guy outraged and probably put him off his game for the next five ten minutes. Yeah. To be honest, you know, it's that yeah, it's that we the, the gamesmanship, the niggle. We've been maybe played things a bit too straight in the past. John, would you think? Yeah, I think I think we've we've always tried to. Um, we've I think we've always had a bit of an issue with uh, perception from referees anyway, um, in that perhaps the the way Scotland have played over the years, we've relied quite heavily on um, quite physical players who perhaps have not necessarily adhered completely to some of the laws of the game, and. That has kind of followed us into the sort of late or early stages of professionalism, um, and I think there has been a sort of cons- a concerted effort to change that. And players do kind of they seem to be a lot nicer than you know. You look at other teams, right? And we're not. I mean, I've obviously got my my blue spectacles on here, but you look at you look at other teams and you think I absolutely hate that guy. And hate's a strong word, but there's a couple of people in certain nations that you look at them and you loathe their very existence, and. I don't think other countries necessarily look at Scotland and do that. They probably go, eh, 
he's quite a quite a good player, but he's not really that bad, is he? And I think I think that's what we need. We need like Hog to be more hoggy. Like he needs to actually go Liam Williams, full Liam Williams, I would say, and start being a petulant little so and so. And then we'll do, you know that that might then spark others to kind of. Um, maybe start to be a bit more um, aggressive, and or the other option we have, and a really se- uh, like a really sensible approach, we could just employ one person from this very podcast to be the prop forward motivational speaker. <laughs> and who would, who just, have you got uh, anybody in mind? Um, I mean, I've I've got a bit of a short list, but um, there's there's one person in particular who I think's got all the qualities. Um, it's Mr. Mr. Smith there. Um, <laughs> just get you, get you. Um, you could just talk to Zand uh, the whole time. Uh, yeah. Just, just oh, get him going. You, yeah, you want enough. aggression? Just, I'll just. Least, uh, least said better than that one. So, so tried, for those, I tried to be nice. I tried to be nice to him the week after, and it seemed to work. So, so, exactly, so for see? those, for those, <laughs> for those that don't know, Sandy, Sandy, you, you did, you did a tweet. And you didn't, you didn't, you didn't tag Xander Ferguson no, in it. You no. just, you, what did you said? I, I said that um, I, I can't remember, but there was a a selection of uh, of players and uh, one of these combined Edinburgh Glasgow teams, uh, and they put uh, Xander in at tight head. And I, I said that um, that uh, all the all of the Edinburgh tight heads would get in the team before him. And then a couple of people replied and said that uh, I'd be oh, I'd been playing really well and um, uh, and I obviously hadn't seen him but and I then I had to go at him for the Zan bags uh, and then he liked it and then <laughs> proceeded then proceeded and then, to and then what happened have, have what a happened fantastic after? game single-handed <laughs> single-handed rampage the first test the first test the first eighteen seventy-two. Uh, so it was him and him and brother Matt both liked the tweet, and I thought, oh god. <laughs> and then what <laughs> happened? Sandy, right. and then and then Glasgow, uh, Xander Ferguson went on a Ferguson went on a one-man yeah. rampage against Edinburgh, and yeah. and and you lost at Scotland. I don't need to be reminded of that. Thank you very much. <laughs> I just think we should be leveraging it. That's I think not, so. I mean, if, we, we, if anybody from Glasgow is listening, we are happy to hire Sandy out <laughs> for a nominal fee. For a nominal, yeah, <laughs> we charge per word, per sledge, fifty pound a sledge. Yeah, pre-game motivational motivational speaking should not come with blows right enough. So I'm hopefully not. <laughs> I'm sure he was just being polite when he liked it. Yeah. Um, we should probably it probably brings us on nicely, and we'll, we'll come. Back, I'm going to come back round to uh, some Glasgow and Edinburgh issues uh, in a minute, and bits of news uh, that popped up since there. The the 1872, and we've had, we've had another Pro 14 game as well. Um, on as even, um, like you said, Sandy. Um, yeah, you know, with with a wee bit of help and provocation from you, uh, Glasgow had the better of the first game. Um, yeah. Did, did you uh, were, were Ember ever likely to win that game? I think that game could have gone either way. To be honest, I think to be fair, um, both of them could. Um, they were. I don't think there was enough. I mean, I know that. I think eventually the second leg was the, the ten points, but right up until the last five ten minutes, I, I thought either could go. Uh, I mean. It, Quite, I think if I remember correctly, the first game it was some some good work with Hugh Jones that kind of uh, and that kind of made the difference towards towards the end of that one. But I thought both of them were pretty pretty close. I mean, it it was actually quite funny that that obviously Xander got man of the match in uh, game one, 
and uh, Pierre Schumann got it in game two, which kind of just tells you the, the difference. Yeah. And it shows you the value of a good tight head. <laughs> yes, invaluable. John, for you, was that, I mean, was that, do you feel that kind of Glasgow maybe turned a corner a little bit? A bit too late, maybe they've turned the corner, but have they turned the corner? Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's a fairly um, it's one of those corners that you approach and you don't actually have to take your foot off the accelerator. Um, we're going to be turning it for the next wee while, I think. Um, yeah, the the eighteen seventy two is always a, it's always a difficult gauge, and I think a lot of people have commented on like the actual like, the actual games themselves. They were some of the best. 1872, the second half of the, the first match, um, the, the first half was pretty tripe. Um, but certainly the second game was was a cracking game of rugby. Uh, very, very physical as well. So um, I think Glasgow stood up quite well. Um, Edinburgh, they, to be fair, they do deserve to be back in the tie. I think one all after the two games is, is fair. Although I did kind of hope that someone somewhere who maybe should have been listening to the podcast might have decided that someone's need was greater than another um, and just, you know, chipped a, chipped a wee four-pointer our way. But hey-ho, you know, we're obviously too nice for our own good. Um, but but certainly the games at the weekend there, again, Edinburgh just continued. Their, their, they're clearly confident that Cockrell's got them playing, play, playing some nice stuff, actually. Um, and... They done well against what is, and let's let's not be too hyperbolic about it. But the the Southern Kings were were absolutely immense and had about what twelve players on the park at the end of the game. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think your your under sevens could score four tries against uh, against twelve men, um, or twelve shattered South Africans at that point, um, which um, yeah. But uh, Glasgow certainly it was a tough game away. Treviso, we, we've lost that tie a couple of times, so it was good, a decent performance. Um, so yeah, we'll see how we go. I'm actually, I'm kind of, I'm semi-writing my uh, my my head head heart arse as we as we speak here, and I'm I'm kind of changing it based on like talking about Glasgow just now. So. <laughs> You're talking yourself round. I'm talking myself round, yeah. So when when you see it, you're not allowed to laugh now. <laughs> Um, we've got the two European fixtures coming up then uh, for both both teams this weekend. Um, Glasgow next, uh, John. Um, it's kind of, I mean, uh, Glasgow found themselves in a bit of a peculiar situation because Sale didn't re- kind of bring their the World Cup players back in until late later. Yep. Um, it's kind of an Exeter's group to lose. I don't, I don't think Exeter probably can really not qualify from here. Yeah. Glasgow could probably lose this game and still go to sale with a hope of finishing second or do they need they to get, win the weekend? Yeah, so they, I mean to keep any chance of so the the the, the wonderful thing about the way the, the tournament's been designed now with this whole, you know, the X amount of best place second place teams um going through Glasgow really do need to um, to win at the weekend to have any chance of going through as a second best uh, as a second place team. I agree completely with you. I think Exeter won't lose this group. They're they're going to 
they're going to go. They'll, you know, the last game of the game of the the group, La Rochelle, who are way out of it. You know, they'll they'll put five points on the board there, and that'll be enough to see them through as group winners. Um, yeah, where it could get interesting. I mean, if Glasgow can, and I think it's unlikely, even at Scots, then that Glasgow would be able to bonus point uh, Exeter. Um, stranger things have happened, but let's see how we go. Um, I I just really hope, actually, and I was kind of talking to someone about it the other day, uh, that for the sake of a certain Enya tour, that Glasgow have still got something to play for when 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 the the lads come south. Yes. Um, a reminder, of course, I haven't got. I haven't, I'm really sorry, lads. I haven't got. The, I haven't got. The, I haven't got the music lined up. I'll get it ready for next week. So that'll of course be the big uh, Orinoco flow preview. Um, <laughs> we are of course going to sail away, sail away, sail away. Um, in two weeks, um, there's uh, myself, John, and Ian are all going to be there. Um, hopefully. Uh, going to be joined by Lee from the Blood and Mud podcast as well. Um, we will try and post somewhere where we're likely to be. We're, we will be where the Glasgow fans are. I think that's safe to say. That's, um, that's a fair assumption. Yeah, there's free parking at the uh, at the Trafford Centre, so that's where I'm going to be. <laughs> Getting my yeah, free parking. There's, there's uh, free parking at my hotel, so I'm going to, I'm going to use that and the hotel is only just a couple of miles away from the well, stadium. There we go. So we'll, 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 we'll arrange somewhere to, we'll be there kind of Early afternoon, I think we're we're all going to be there. And we'll we'll post details some of where where we're likely to be. We're in the East Stand, I believe. Ian's booked us in. East Stand, massive. East Stand, massive. I think there's a few other people there. So if you see us, say hello. Um, do you know? Don't don't harass us, please. <laughs> don't start singing. Oh, actually, please do sing jingles at me. I would I would absolutely love that. Oh, how um, good would that be? Oh, can we get can we get the jing? Can we get? I would love if if we could get hands in the rock going in the East Stand and sail. <laughs> Boy, would that be a moment! <laughs> oh, that yeah, it's happening. It's, it's happening, happening. Yeah. Um, Sandy, strange. I mean, Ember. I'm writing this. I'm reading Ember's Twitter right now because I couldn't quite remember who you were playing. But you've got a week off. Uh, no, we're away to uh, oh, uh, Bordeaux. Bordeaux. That's. I'm getting confused. Uh, yeah. But Ember's Twitter is confusing because it's talking about ten days time, but that's ten days time. Yeah, and... for the home game. Yeah. So it's Bordeaux this this weekend, and uh, Agen, who like. Um, uh, La Rochelle are, 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 I think, bottom of their uh, bottom of our group as well. So, a home, an away win against Bordeaux, which is not unlikely because I think we've won our last three, four games in France. Okay, uh, Bordeaux are top, the top fourteen, but we'll we'll see. And it kind of depends on the what side Richard Cockrell puts out because it's we're getting to the point now where um, some of these guys is going to be away. So whether he thinks well. Or whether he's allowed to play them uh, right up to um, uh, the line before the Scotland squad and go go that way, or, or whether he's got to give them a break, we'll see. But you know, if they can get the if they can get a win against Bordeaux, then the the last home game against Agen's probably not going to matter in terms of qualification. Um, but you know, and to be fair, even if they get a point. Um, potentially uh, beating Agen in the last game will be enough to take them through. Um, first yeah. place obviously gets you a home tie, so that would be the better. Uh, that would be the better. I mean, not just not just in terms of um, home advantage, but also financially, be a good. You know, yeah. the, the, oh, yeah. the the home games that Murrayfield always pull in the crowds, don't they? Especially the in, in Europe. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's the it's the Challenge Cup as opposed to the the 
the Champions Cup, but there were, I mean, there were 34, was it 34,000 for um, the, the Munster game last year in the quarterfinal? So, yeah. you know, you're going to be, you're going to expect a reasonable crowd anyway, yeah. even though it's the Challenge Cup. See, I thought I thought Cammy was actually using the fact that it's the Challenge Cup to give you a wee sideways bit of sass there. <laughs> no, but that's so we're going to try and win it, so I'm saying it all very seriously. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just got confused by Amber's Twitter. You can't, I wasn't you trying can't to... sass us when, the, when the, the average attendance is only, well, it's, not, it's about seven, it's about six and a half thousand. I just, you've got mayor, mayor Doug's turning up this, this uh-huh. year. It's impressive. It's good. And, um, they're, and they're getting noisy too. Noisy ducks. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sound of all the red the red cords rubbing together, Sandy. <laughs> and, the, and prawn sandwiches being dropped, is uh, that what you're saying? Aye. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Newtown flaneur. Um, the... Um, the 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 interest the one thing I did love this week I, I caught a bit of the uh, the Ember official podcast was uh, Blair Kinghorn's story of when uh, Ember were playing in France last season during a riot and Richard Cockrell's pre match um, team talk as tear gas filled the bus to say breathe it in lads this is atmosphere <laughs> absolutely glorious um, so. Uh, John, you're pretty Glasgow. You're, I mean, I think we, I think a tight game against Exeter and a win away at the sale, I think, is would be a good outcome in the next two games for Glasgow, regardless of European qualification. Yeah, I think so. I think they've got to start to build a bit of momentum now. Um, put, put aside the 1872, good result at Treviso. I think they need to, need a couple of a couple of decent results. I, again, Exeter's the one that you're not really. You should never be looking uh, to be kind of conceding at home, but um, Exeter are a very very good side. Um, so you know a decent performance there. Went away to sale, um, chance from the crowds, hands in the rock or whatever, and then we'll move on to to the rest of the season slash the Six Nations purgatory that normally results in about seventeen million Glaswegians being in the Scotland squad. <laughs> well, you should be so lucky this year. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're going to have a full compliment this year. It was all a ploy. Oh, I need to change my head, heart, and arse again. <laughs> might, not, might not do you any good, though, John. That's the only thing. That's uh, true, true. I know. Um, how's Brandon Thompson getting? Is he nearly back to full fitness? <laughs> I don't think he's ever going to be back to full fitness. No. I, I, think, I think he is fit. It's just, you know, you speak about sports psychologists. I, I don't think we'll see Brandon anytime soon. Yeah. That was a, that was a howl last time yeah. he was yeah. playing. Um, and Sandy, for you, two wins? I mean, you've got a yeah. I, I, I think so. I mean, we'd, I, I suspect we could again. What we said earlier on the under sevens out against Ajen because they rank. Um, uh, so, <laughs> but you know, we need to try and get the win against Bordeaux as well in order to get that home tie. But I, I'm going to say a win, a close win, but a, clo- a win all the same. Yeah. Um. While we're on, well, speaking of Exeter, of course. Uh, not that we were, because we we jumped. I did that the wrong way around. I should have done. Uh, mm. I should have done you last, so to speak, John. Um, the news this week was yes. um, Johnny Gray. Uh, do you want me to cue my sad music up for you? Or are you all right with this? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No. No. We, can, we, we, we let's get some sad Johnny music. Let's get some sad Johnny music. We'll go. We'll, we'll sign the sound of silence again. It's all I've got queued up for the minute. So, <laughs> Johnny Gray's gone. Um, I know. 
the Lord truly giveth and he taketh away. You've you've got Leone Nakarawa for the rest of the season, but Johnny Gray's off to off to Exeter. Yeah, we've got Nakarawa saying that he's been on a three year old a, a three year holiday, which is a bit concerning. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I Well you've I, seen the state yeah. of Simon Zebo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you tell I, I, you tell me he's not that. That you tell. I, there's no way. I would love to know what the racing nutritionist is on salary wise. <laughs> Pay per, is he what? Like is he paid per 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 kilo gained or something? <laughs> paid per baguette consumed. Uh, oh dear. Yeah, I I think. Leone might not be in the best state of. He, he'd suggest. I heard. I heard the um, interview with um, Jeremy Bowen the other day, and he was. He kind of suggested that he had not played much rugby recently and was maybe not in his best fittest state. But was looking forward to getting back to playing rugby. He's been building a house in Fiji. That was the official explanation for why he didn't get back to racing in time. And apparently it seems that building a house in Fiji is not the equivalent of playing and training full-time as a rugby professional. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> he, likes, he likes big huts and he cannot lie. <laughs> You've been desperate to use that, haven't you? <laughs> I thought of that just before we, came, before we came on and I thought, try and leave that in somewhere. Um, so it's, it's just kind of funny, I was going to say, does, do you get the impression, John, that this has been a signing to appease the, the masses. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think I said that in the last the last podcast I was on. I think it was you and me, Cammy. We were, we were we were both saying this was going to happen, and part of the reason I said I agreed with that was there there is there is. I mean, it's not even kind of like quiet discontent anymore. No. There is outright uprising yeah yeah we'll come I mean, I'm going to talk about that now really I mean in terms of Nakarawa though I think what, what was interesting in the interview like I said John there was was he's kind of left open for next season and said we'll see but he clearly wasn't happy in France yeah. he clearly sees Glasgow as his home I think in in terms of the reason that Bill Matter gave for staying with Edinburgh is how well looked after you are in Scottish rugby. Um, you know, we know that Bill Matter has, you know, benefits from the guidance he gets from nutritionists in Scotland, particularly Ember nutritionists. Yeah. He's talked about that. It's a big issue for the Pacific lads. I mean, what Ian posted on our group chat, the uh, who was it in uh, who came back to racing at twenty five stone. The lad, yeah, the big, the big prop, yeah. Uh, ben yeah. Ben Tamafuna Tamif- uh, came back at twenty five stone, um, but we know that they get looked after, and if, because they get looked after, and because, and again, they, they're managed, the game times managed, not in the same way that Scotland guys are, but but it's still managed. They can go away and play national rugby and still be successful. They get time to go home and spend with their family, so. If if Glasgow do nothing else, they should spend the next six months absolutely love bombing the hell out of Leone Nakarawa. Well, there was fans turned up at the airport to welcome him back. Oh, I think the fans are already doing there, but um, the people had been tracking his flight from Fiji <laughs> <laughs> make sure they were there for when Leone. I arrived. never, I never knew there was a direct flight. <laughs> who knew uh, from uh, Prestwich uh, yeah, to Fiji? Uh, yeah. People, people were tracking his journey, making sure they knew where Leone was at all times. So who knew there when was, it was a direct flight? Eh? Yeah. 
Um, so the 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 big thing, like you said, I think you touched on it there, Sandy, was the 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 tinfoil hats are once again on. They've they've. Yeah. I, I mean, Ember fans must have done a a sweet deal in in selling off all their tinfoil hats along the M6. <laughs> A job lot of tinfoil hats, lads. Do we don't need them. <laughs> we don't. We don't need these anymore. We're fine. Would you not like to try them on for size? Um, yeah, but they're probably on loan only, though. That's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> on loan until Richard Cockrell goes elsewhere, and you get landed yeah. with Duncan Hodges, your head coach. Um, oh, <laughs> part of my, my thing just now. <laughs> um, so we've got, but Kevin Kevin Miller has helpfully done. As Kevin does, Kevin's very good for these things. He's done a depth and strength stats head to head between Glasgow and Embra. Glasgow have the largest squad. Glasgow have got fifty-one yeah. players. Embra have forty-two. The average ages are fairly close. Uh, Glasgow's twenty-six point eight, and Embra's twenty-six point nine. Glasgow, however, have eleven players over the age of thirty, and Embra only have four. Which kind of goes to show, I think, John, that Glasgow maybe relied on some of the older heads a little bit longer than they perhaps should have yeah. done. I think there's, yes, there is an argument for that. There's also um, uh, quite a few older heads. I'm thinking Rory Jackson and Nico have come back yep. to the club, DTH as well. Um, so the, I think there, there's definitely been a reliance on players that have got previous at Glasgow um, and yeah there hasn't necessarily you know Gibbons wasn't the youngest when he came over here mm. either he's obviously a class operator but um, yeah there, there's young players coming through but there doesn't seem to be that many of them well you say that players under 23 uh, so have either of you got this in front of you before I ask you because we could do this as a wee quiz no no okay um, Sandy, um, Embra and Glasgow. Uh, do Embra have more players under twenty three than Glasgow? No. No. Less. Less. They do. Um, John, do you want to have a guess at how many less they have? Uh, okay, as a percentage. So do it as a percentage. As a percentage, how many? What percentage less they less have? They have. Uh, let's go. Let's go just with a straight up ten percent less. Almost, well, over 50%, actually. Oh. Uh, Glasgow have got 15 players under the age of 23, and Ember have six. Mm. How many of those players have actually played for the club, though? Well, this is the thing, though, but, but have yeah. Glasgow... This is the, the the question, though, is in terms of that, have Glasgow stacked the squad with players who aren't ready to play? Yes, well, there you go. <laughs> so you've got, yes. you've essentially got, a you've got a load of yeah, you've got a load of you've got a load of lads over thirty and a load of lads under twenty three and not much in between. And nothing in between because they're all heading off to pastures new. Which is which suggests that Sandy that the Embraer perhaps, and and again, you know, age is only one factor in in all of this. But maybe yeah. Embra have the better spread of that twenty three to thirty age group. Where you know players have have been have got the experience, the the can enter in their prime, they've hit the sweet spot. Yeah, and I think what's happened is that, um, I, I mean, there was a bit of 
a fairly big overhaul of the Edinburgh squad over the last couple of years. Um, so, you know, I don't want to use the word deadwood because that's not, it's not very respectful, but players who that clearly Richard Cogrell didn't fancy have, have gone out uh, and and some effectively you know, quite cheap players have come in, but they've managed to make the most of them. Uh, uh, and they've done most of them, have done a good good job. So it's kind of... I think the recruitment has looked a bit more efficient. Um, and whether those... Um, whether you could say that... I mean, it certainly would appear to be the case that, that, uh, that Edinburgh have made more of players who are perhaps not the finished article, um, but you know, have come in and done a, a job. I mean, it, I mean, the one in particular I think of is is Nick Heenan because, you know, I don't think, I don't think anybody would have could have said they've heard of him playing me, um, Bristol reserves. I think before that with Jersey and and you know there are one or two people talking about him potentially being worthy of Scotland cap now. It's a bit like a Daryl Marfo situation to be honest. But uh, <laughs> I um, hope it's no Daryl Marfo situation. No, yeah, um, but you know it. There was nothing about his signing that made me think, oh, he's going to be fantastic. And in actual fact, he has been fantastic. He's been he's been really good. Uh, so it's kind of, I, I don't think there's been a, the, the, quite clearly not the same reliance on some of the younger ones, the under 23s, uh, and where Richard Cockrell has seen gaps that he's needed to fill. He's he brought in people. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I don't suspect for a second that he's actually believed that. Uh, Nick Haining was a, a genuine contender to play for Scotland, but he probably ticked the box as being a um, Scotland qualified, um, which I would imagine it would be. There'll be some kind of a quota that's imposed on him by the SRU that you know you can sign who you like, but the, but so many of them are going to have to be <coughs> Scotland qualified. Absolutely. Uh, go. We'll do that next, then, John. Uh, do uh, who's got the most Scottish qualified players in this squad? Uh, Glasgow do. Okay. How many more? Ten more. No, seven. No, eight. Yes. Sorry, eight. 32, eight. 32 Scottish qualified in Edinburgh squad and 40 Scottish qualified in Glasgow. Uh, 11 non-Scottish qualified for Glasgow and 10 for Edinburgh. So it's fairly evenly fairly spread. Even. Uh, in terms of nationalities, Glasgow have seven nationalities playing for them and uh, Edinburgh have got five. Um, who's got the... Um, I'll take Glasgow got the most cap players. They've got 30 cap players. Ember have got 24. Um, how many more caps have Glasgow won? Is it more or less than 100, John? Uh, 100, uh, more than 100. No, less. Less? Oh. Uh, caps, uh, Glasgow players have won 556 caps and Ember players have won 464 caps. Because I was thinking of players like DTH who've played about seven billion. Oh, times I should have clarified. I should have clarified it was Scots. Oh, Scots qualified. Scots qualified. Ah, see, it's yeah. all been for nothing. It was all fixed. <laughs> this is a, yeah. it's, it's get your play your stats right again. <laughs> Tin foil hat is going back on. Goodness sake. Um, into academy players, then I'm, I'm, we've probably given the game away here slightly. Um, but but how many? Sandy, I'll ask you this. Um, I'll tell you, Glasgow have got more academy players, but how many more academy players do you think Glasgow has than Edinburgh? Uh, six. No, three. Only three? Only three more. Um, so it's not, I mean, actually looking at it, I mean, looking at the pure stats, and I know where you know, people are looking at stat. I think the great Scott Johnson once said, stats are like a bikini. <laughs> <laughs> 
they, they only yeah. show they, they show you quite a lot, but oh, they hide hide the best bits. I think he said. Um, they hide the best bits. Yep. The is it just this this idea of a big name signing? Is that what the fans are clamouring for, John? Um, no, it's not. Um, I think the frustration from the fans is coming from is there's obviously a frustration from the players that are leaving, right? There's Hog Hog going and being replaced by a specialist winger slash a person who started his career uh, at fly half. You know, there's not been... It was the same, you know, Russell was replaced by... Uh, well, he was technically replaced by a, a, a kind of gamble between Adam Hastings and... Well, Frisbee was brought in as kind of nine ten cover. <laughs> Can you imagine how my blood pressure went through the roof if Frisbee played at ten? Oh, I, the I, whole I, game on his knees. <laughs> just, just and let's throw Thompson in at twelve and just oh. Can you imagine? Do you know what I'd love to? I'm just I'd love to see an episode of Dragons Den when Nick Frisbee pitches an idea for bootstrap to your knees. <laughs> Hello, Dragons. Bit. I'm looking for fifty percent investment, hundred thousand pounds for fifty percent investment. It's for scrum halves. You have a pair of boots on your feet and then two on your knees. <laughs> it's to stop your knees getting dirty. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, when Frisbee came on at the weekend, I was like, I could see the Glasgow kept George Horn on as long as they could, and even a guy as fat as George Horn was puffing when he had to come off. But Fr- he, Frisbee, it concerns me. He looks, he looks f- like actually quite frail for a rugby player. He, you know, like like a stiff breeze would do him in. It's it's a bit disconcerting, and just seeing all these huge back rows running at him and thinking, I don't, I don't really want to watch this. Like this, this could, this could be a horror movie. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, in terms of then Glasgow's recruitment, um, it's still a, 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 there's still not much news. Then is there? We got outside Leone Nakarawa. The the big news out of um England this morning is that. Saracens are looking to offload players, particularly players over the age of 30, which of course brings into play Duncan Taylor and Sean Maitland. Yeah, I've see, I seen Duncan Taylor. I think it was you mentioned that on Twitter earlier on. That's, yeah. That's a solid shout. It would Except be... we've already got you know, far too many 13s. The only, I think he would ha- he would have to come in as a back three. I mean, he's got the versatility to play back three. He'd have to come in as a winger or, or, or cover at fullback. He probably... Is a better option than Rui Jackson, I would argue, at the stage in Rui Jackson's career, a better option at fullback. Yes. yes. Um, Sean Maitland, I suspect, would be too expensive. Yeah, yeah. Sean, Sean Maitland came over to Glasgow, got Scott's got got his Scots qualification um, through his grandmother, and was counting down the days till he could go and make the money in England, which. Fair play to him. I've got, I've got absolutely no judgment whatsoever of that. That's sensible. But yeah, he would, he'll command big bucks wherever he goes. Yeah. Um, Duncan Taylor. I think you could get Duncan Taylor on the cheap, not on the cheap, but I think you, I don't think he would cost as much because of his history with injuries. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, I see what's going to happen here. Now that we've mentioned this, it's going to be announced in the next couple of days that Edinburgh have signed Duncan Taylor on loan for the rest of the season. <laughs> there was some now there's been some suggestions. Where which of you would want Greg Laidlaw the most? Uh, no thanks. No thanks. John? No. 
not as a player. If if I was to say that you're, I can see your no thanks and raise you <laughs> an absolutely no chance, uh, no please go away. Um, yeah, I think no. Take, you'd not take, take Richard, it. You, you, take Richard you, Wigglesworth, if if Saracens are one off. Well, yes, yes, absolutely. No, I understand the logic behind the suggestions that Laidlaw would be a good fit for Glasgow. Nine ten cover during the Six Nations. Bloody, 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 blah. Except he is not a ten. Let's 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 get rid of this myth that he is actually a quality operator at ten. He's not. He was. Thrown in at 10, where Townsend had another one of his just, frankly, bonkers ideas where he thought, right, we're in a car park, boys. Let's, yeah. I know what we're going to do. Let's get Greek to play 10. That's a great idea. They won that game, didn't they? They did, <laughs> in spite of him playing at 10. Um, he was getting covered for in defence. He was moving out to the wing to defend, which, you know, international teams have to have their 10 defending in the wing, 10 not to be successful. Um, so no, no, thank you. Um, Doesn't fit the way Glasgow play either. Just as an aside, although Danny Wilson might turn us into, uh, might turn us into Munster, and who knows? Who knows? Um, stuff. A final word on this uh, from Matt, Ca- Matt Mark Camburn on Twitter, who said, uh, "Is this was his hands in the ruck?" But it's worth mentioning now while we're talking about this. His hands in the ruck is the continued cl- complaining about the lack of big signings at Glasgow. Almost all the players who have left were brought in through Scottish system, not signed. I think the issue is more whether there is a new batch of young, exciting players coming through. And there are, but not necessarily in the right positions. You've got, you've yeah. almost got, you've almost sort of got a wealth of riches at centre. You've got two top-class scrum halves. You're not bad at lock, and your back row is absolutely stacked. But elsewhere, maybe the back th- back three, you're looking a bit thin. Yeah, we've we've not got any back threes, we've not got any tens. Um but I think that's kind of across the board. I don't think I don't think anyone in Scotland actually plays ten anymore. I think we <laughs> do nine to twelve and uh, um that, that seems to be that. Um yeah, it's it's an age old problem and again it's it, it, part of when Jamie Dobby signed to the during the during the summer, um you know, again part of me was, was kind of expecting that's then a young talent plus two very, very, very talented scrum halves. Yeah. You're starting to get the, the. I think it was Rory done the article last year on the the the, the log jam of three. Um, yeah, we start to get in a position where Cockrell's prob- probably going to start asking for someone to come over once once he's run out of love for Pergos. Yeah, the the interesting thing is, is whether or not. And it's my final word on this is whether or not. From a Glasgow point of view, because I think Ember are okay for tens, that you 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 go and look for someone like James Lang, who is now capped by Scotland, has been playing well. I understand from people tweeting me these things because I don't get that much time to watch Premiership rugby. Has been playing very well for Harlequins, um, but is going to be short of options in England. But now that he's been capped by Scotland, that that should that is that's your options. That is your options. You're going to have to. You've got you're going to have to scour England for someone who's Scots qualified or has, as you rightly say, been capped and has limited options, or you're going to have to find someone in New Zealand who's got a Scots granny, who um, who has decided they can't become an All Black and wants to come play international rugby. I don't think there's any other options because again, we can't go down the residency route. 
because there's going to be pressure no matter what there's going to be pressure on you can't have you know we're seeing it just now Edinburgh and and Glasgow in fact at the loose heads the no yeah. there's there's no Scots qualified loose heads getting any game time because the two South African boys are better yeah. and are not Scots qualified um, so if Glasgow were to go to New Zealand get a 10 who is better than Adam Hastings um, that's not going to fly yeah. So um, yeah, that we've we've got quite limited options, and let's let's be honest, these quality players they don't come cheap anymore. And I think there's the SRU budgets have increased, but they haven't increased in line with the salaries that players are now getting. Yeah. Hmm. We shall see. We'll we'll likely revisit this at the end of the season once things are perhaps a little clearer. Um, but we'll we'll move on. We're going to go and do this. We've got a very special one of this now. Well, we loved high and we loved low We seen doggy bop on in speedos But I just want to know Did you see the legend that's Doogie Donnelly? Yes, it is Where's Doogie Donnelly? Someone saw Doogie Donnelly over Christmas while we were off air hey. I'm absolutely oh. devastated I'm sorry, I can't remember who it was But I got a tweet saying they'd just seen Doogie Donnelly in a bar Please, if you see Doogie Donnelly, pictures only That's the way this is count We've... Doogie Donnelly tweeted us once when we did the song. Now, if you see Doogie Donnelly, pictures or it didn't happen. That's the new rule for Doogie Donnelly. However, Adam Taylor slides into my DMs with this absolute worldie of a Where's Doogie Donnelly. Now, first of all, he's he's got two. The first one was Marcus DiRolo on a bus in Morningside, which I think is delightful. <laughs> if you're going to see Marcus DiRolo anywhere, a bus in Morningside just seems to be the perfect place to, to see him. Um, but Adam saw Richard Cockrell, Cockrell on a walk bike in Nuff, in the Nuffield um, gym, health gym, uh, watching rugby. <laughs> I said, I said that was, I, I told him it was a really good spot. I said, can I have more details though? What was because because in my head, Richard Cockrell, one I, I think he's hairless all over, and I think if he's doing any sort of gym work, it's full man, full strong man, mankini. It's got to be. Oh, come on. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The things the gladiators used to wear, leotards thing. You know, I'm not. He's, not he's the, dressed not the... up like Cobra. Or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Full, anyone that wants fully, to Photoshop that. Fully, gre- fully greased up. That's the only way I think Richard Cockrell does it. Fully oh. oiled up, right. Cobra. That's that's. I'm, I'm, I'm opening Photoshop right now. We're making this happen. However, that's... so I asked, but how I asked, and it's even it's better than that. If you can believe it. Um, Adam says, full kit, I'm afraid. (laughs) (laughs) Saw some bald, burly bloke and was like, who's wearing full kit? Turns out it's the head coach. (laughs) He still wouldn't mess with him anyway. So Richard Cockerell (laughs) goes to the gym in full Edinburgh kit. Yes, I was going to say, I assumed he did not go and uh, very loudly around Richard Cockrell call him a full kit. I, I would imagine not. Eminently <laughs> <laughs> sensible. He gets all that stuff for free. Come on. Oh, no, that's <laughs> it. Just, it just makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, right. We're, we're, we're moving on for time, so we're going to go and we're going to move on and do this.
Yes, it is Hands in the Rocket or any other business section of the podcast. But almost immediately, as one jingle fades away, another starts. It's the legally mandated lions chat. The legally mandated lions chat. We've heard so much about it that it makes us sick. But we've still got a chat about who Gatlin's gonna pick. Yes, thank you very much to Andy Render for this. And I did promise I would I would dust off the uh, Lions Chat Jingle Forum. He said, this is peak hands in the ruck is ITV Rugby naming their Lions 15, despite the fact we've got two Six Nations, one Summer Tour and one Autumn Series to go. It was a, dread, it was a dreadful looking 15 as well. I know, I remember, really. but Mako Vinopolo, Jamie George, Tag Furlong, Maro Otoji, uh, Jay Ryan for Ireland. My mind's gone blank. Tom Curry, Benny Vonopolo, Sam Underhill, John Cooney, Finn Russell at 10, Owen Farrell at 12, Jonathan Davis at 13, Anthony Watson 14, Josh Adams 11, and Liam Williams at fullback. There's no way that's that. There's no way that's going to no. be there. No. Warren Gatlin picking Finn Russell at 10 for a start. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Simmer, mate. Exactly. What I think I- what that's just confirmed is that what we all knew, ITV know nothing about rugby and they should never be allowed to cover rugby. <laughs> um, I have got another bit of Lions chat though um, while we're talking about this. Um, anybody um, might see some, some who brought this to my attention was uh, Beaker on Twitter. Was uh, Murray Kinsella on uh, Twitter had um, tweeted a photograph of Sam Warburton's autobiography where he talks about the Geography 6. Oh, yes. oh. Um, and he said he talked to Warren Gatland um, to say that it was causing grief in the squad. So the irony is that in the end, he hardly uses any of them anyway. Dell and Russell get 15 minutes between them, both as temporary replacements. I would point out that Alan Dell turned over a scrum in, yeah. his, in his like 30 seconds on the pitch. Um, and, and Finn Russell wasn't on long enough because there was no way that... Uh, Damn biggest HIA took ten minutes. Um, <laughs> it turns out anyway that apparently a number of players said they would be they would refuse to be substituted off unless they were injured for the geography six. They worked right? all their careers for this tour and they don't want to give even a minute on the pitch to someone they feel undeserving of the honour. How does that make you feel, John? While well, I just Google something, um, <laughs> I, I I'm actually I'm actually a bit speechless. That that yeah. is absolutely disgraceful, chat. And whoever the players that the players that said that should be hanging their heads in shame. Uh, if you ever needed any confirmation that the idea of the British and Irish Lions is a complete pile of horse, there it is. So, let's play a game of Guess the Arsehole. <laughs> I have in front of me the team for that game. Uh, it was the game against the Alliance versus the Hurricanes uh, when Tommy Seymour, criminally overlooked for the main squad, for the main the main uh, test yes, matches, despite top, being top try scorer on the tour. Yeah. Yep. Um, as, of course, was Greg Laidlaw. I still maintain they would have won that last test if they had Greg Laidlaw's scrum half anyway. So... Um, let's play Guess the Arsehole. Here is the team uh, that played. We have Jack Knoll 
I'm saying Jack Noll definitely refused to would have refused to come off for one of the jogs of six. Yeah, Sandy, okay. you agree? Or, I'll give that. Yeah, I will have that. <laughs> Tommy Seymour. Tommy would have come off. I don't think Tommy yeah, would have felt Tommy. that way. Um, Jonathan Joseph definitely would have I've refused. Heard, I, I've actually heard he's quite a nice guy. I think he would have been okay. Don't know. Don't know. Un, un, undecided. We'll go with. I'll go undecided. with you, John. Let's let's say let's say he would have been okay. Robbie Hench. I think Robbie Henshaw would have been all right. I think Robbie yep, Henshaw seems, seems to be a sound nice boy. George North, I think, would have come come off. Yep. He wouldn't have known that he was coming off. But... No, but he would have come off. Dan, <laughs> Dan Bigger, hard oh. asshole. Definitely, yeah, no, definitely wouldn't. Still. He's the kind of person that would, would think it was a disgrace that the Geography 6 had been called off. Sort of player that would play through an ACL injury just to make sure that someone didn't go on. Well, he, we got, as we said, he got he came back on within the 10 minutes of his HIA to make sure Greg, Finn Russell came off. So there you go. Sure. Greg laid look, Greg would have come off. Yep. Somebody would have said, can I have a game, Greg, after 10 minutes? And he was just, sure, lads, on you go. <laughs> He's that nice. Joe Marler. Do we need to I even think Joe take would have come off, to be honest. No. Yeah. He's... I think he would have made a big song and dance about it, but I think he would have mm. come off. Did you see his antics at the weekend? There's no chance in hell he's coming off. No, he's right, I, he he would believe he'd believe that he was that that to do all the nonsense about being an honour and the geography six undermining the honour. No, and Andy has had rude words for you in the past, Cam. He has. We, I have, know. we have to put him in that. He that is category. not. He is not a friend of the pod. Um, <laughs> no. Rory Best would have come off. He, mm, no, I think I like Rory Best. Yeah, Rory would have come off. I think he's... My, my Glasgow hat is, is still not allowing me to like Rory Best, sadly. But You're yeah. outvoted. Rory Best would have come off. That's fine. That's fine. Dan Cole, arsehole. Aye. Yeah. Ian Henderson. I think he might come off. I think he would, be, I don't think he would have come off. He strikes me as the sort of boy, you know, like that big gormless guy that you had in your school class who just doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, all right, all right. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Name bother. Yeah. Aye, what? What's happening? Uh, so, he would have come off. Courtney Laws. Oh. No. To danger. What? You think he would have come off? Even no, he would have stayed on. He, he would have stayed not. on. It refused That's, to come off. Yeah. Is he the? Is he the one? Is he the one that talked about the meaningless, um, meaningless runner-up medals? Yeah. Aye, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And had a and had a Twitter war with Squidge over the Christmas period. Did he? Aye, Aye. I missed that. Yep. Um, J- James Haskell. Should we just move on? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. No comment. Uh, Justin, uh, Justin, Justin Tipperick. I think Justin Tipperick would have come off. I don't think that's especially. Most of them are Welsh boys anyway, so I think he would have come off one of the Welsh <laughs> yeah. boys. Yeah. <laughs> CJ Stander. Now CJ Stander's not even British or Irish. <laughs> Ooh, I know that's controversial, but you know, <laughs> barely he'd barely qualified for Ireland when he was on this tour. Um, I don't know. I'm undecided. But I'm not sure that CJ Stander would be invested enough in the idea of the British or Irish lines to think it was a disgrace that somebody else was there <laughs> ahead of him. So I think he would have come off. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. There we go. So that was that was a fun little game. We guess the arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> the 
might be able to repeat that at some point. Uh, John, you uh, save me from this. What, what's your hands in the rut this week? So I've went with quite a nice, a nice few hands. It actually, it made me laugh uh, at the weekend. The um, the absolute confusion that two substitutes changing jersey has caused the world of media. Um, <laughs> I, I, know, I know our very own Ian uh, Ian Hay done it in a. In a, you know, he had air quotes around it uh, when he named the the beautiful pass from Glenn Bryce, who wasn't Glenn Bryce but looked like Glenn Bryce, um, because him and Hugh Jones are now one in the same person. Um, yeah, it it just made me laugh that professional sports um, broadcasts, and it was kind of like being on the sidelines of, you know, watching your local side going, who's that in nine? Not really sure. Oh, what's is that, is that Jim? Oh, I'm not sure. I don't recognise him. Uh, might be Jim. Go Jim. Oh, it's no Jim. Um, it was. Oh, it just made me chuckle. Yeah, it's hard. It's isn't it? Just <laughs> to show, it's a hard job commentator. As much as everyone gives them flack, the only reason when you when you're there, and um, I think we've all three of us have done kind of live match reports yeah. now, and particularly when you're at Murrayfield and stuff, it's you're watching the oh, game without the benefit of any commentary. <laughs> Trying to work out oh, what the hell's going on half the time, you know. If, if you're lucky, you've got the ref mic in your ear, but you, you're so you're still so reliant on, you know, on 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 the big game announcements and stuff. Um, it's a hard job being a commentator. Try it someday. Go mute if you're going to start criticise a commentator. Mute your telly and try and do it yourself and see how accurate you are. And, and record it live and then <laughs> post it for us all to watch. Yes. Um, there was an associated one with the kind of like links in terms of commentary was um, it was Ian Wallace, friend of the podcast, got in touch. To his hands in the rough ruck is the fact that um, the decisions made by the referee and the TMO at Murrayfield, there's no announcer on um, and no repeats on the big screen. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think there's a lot of people complaining about this. There was a lot of confusion about why why a decision had been made by the TMO at Murrayfield at the weekend. Apparently, Bruce Aitchison used to be very good at doing this, but it's not done anymore. Sandy, you might be able to add no, more uh, to that. Uh, somebody else has been given that job and doesn't quite have the same level of knowledge that uh, Bruce did. I mean, the, the specific incident I think that Ian's talking about is when when um, Kings had to lose an extra man because they were going in uncontested scrums. Of course. And nobody quite knew what was going on because Joy Neville was back and forwards to the bench discussing it and and um, I, I know that Bruce would have given you know because I think that's one of these things that confuses even the most uh, um, cognizant of rugby supporters yeah, well, at well, times to be new, honest you it's know? a new thing isn't it it's a new rule that was brought in to stop I think to stop the shenanigans that went on in, yeah. in, in that France-Wales game France. a couple of seasons ago yeah. but it, it, the idea that if if you lose, if you go down to contested scrums because you haven't got the players, then you lose a play. You have to lose a player off the pitch because essentially you're gaining an advantage to going uncontested scrums. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not you used to just throw throw your winger in at hooker. Yeah, uh, or and just yeah, it was it was just silly. So yeah, so it's a way of of making sure you don't get an advantage if you're the team that's caused it to go to uncontested scrums. But it's not something that's going to happen a lot. So you can kind of under you know you can understand why most people yeah. in the crowd would probably be scratching their heads you know to try and remember a law change that happened two seasons ago that's barely used you know. Um, On a similar similar vein to that, can I, can I just did we all notice in the coverage of I think it was the first eighteen seventy two game that 
for two scrums, Glasgow had put Rob Harley at centre. No. No. And who was in the so, back? Who was in the scrum? Uh, I believe it was Sam Johnson went to flanker. Was it an attacking? Rob, was it an attacking scrum? It was, it was an attacking scrum from their own like ten meter line, um, and they had Rob Harley in the centres. Now the scrums were never completed. Um, I think Glasgow got the penalty. That was when Xander was on his rampage. Um, so we'll never know. But I, I'm kind of I'm. I'm praying that maybe Rob is about to become the next Richie Vernon. <laughs> it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because the only, my understanding is the only, I think it's only front row that matters. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. No, yeah, everyone else, you don't have to. You don't have to be. So you have to be specialist trained to be able to play in the front row, even at the lowest levels in Scotland. Now mm-hmm. you have to have done various kind of you know tick box modules to make sure that you're competent and fit and i mean you could make an argument for uh, neither of those things for quite a few front rows but uh, <laughs> competent is <laughs> competent is sorry something. guys <laughs> sorry didn't mean it don't 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 hate me um but yeah the rest of it's the rest of it's fair game yeah so it's inter- I mean that could be an interest that that's that's just mad enough to be an I'd a Gregor Townsend move. <laughs> I know, it, yeah, yeah. Rennie had went full Townsend. Yeah, let's see what happens. Uh, Sandy, what's your hands in the ruck? Yeah, I think it, it, mine's this week has been the same as it's been probably for the last two or three weeks as Edinburgh announced all their new uh, new set new contracts for all the new players. But I've decided. That all of a sudden we're not going to tell you how long the contract's for. So we're now it's more or less getting the situation. It's like this guy's staying, but um, you know, never mind how long for. It's just until he's gone. I oh, think I think right. this is a GDPR issue, and I know somebody yeah, picked I... me up on this on Twitter today. Said that's a commercial thing, but I think your the length of contract you have with an employer must be personal data. So it's I don't know if it's just clubs being over cautious, but there's been it's not just been Ember, there's been a couple of places that have said we've we've re signed this player, but they haven't said how long for. But I think in a couple of cases, I think in the um in the Bradbury case he he said it's two years, and I think in George Turner said two years as well in at, at Glasgow as well and when yeah. he was interviewed. So I think it I think I'm assuming that clubs are leaving it up to player. If players want to say we have re signed for two years, they can say it, but if they don't want to say how long they've resigned for, then they don't have to say. But then I suppose they've announced that Leon and Akara was back for till the end of the season. So who knows? Yeah, I mean, it, I think all of the all of the, the recent ones for Edmund, there's been a few that I think, with the exception, I'm trying to remember, I mean, it was maybe Chris Dean who said on his own Instagram, it, you know, it's two years. The rest have just said it's been almost the same stock phrase. I'm happy to be here for the next few years. Um, you know, making it plural, but not. Um, and you're right; it could be well with GDPR, but you know, would that not go as far as to say, you know, that there's been a contract at all? Uh, I mean, that's a private piece of information between them and a, an employer. It just seems a bit. It makes contract announcements and signings just a bit rubbish, to be honest. That's all. No, yeah, you've not got the same excitement of knowing you've got that player for three years, or at least mm. if somebody is going to come in for them, that you're going to get a big wedge of, of uh, compensation yeah. for it. So, yeah, it's a strange have, one. If anyone knows the answer to that, let us know. Um, have, is it, is... have both teams been doing injury announcements with their things this year? Because that was Ed, another Edinburgh one. Have, you have, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, that was one that I thought might 
with the whole GDPR stuff and the whole Connor money stuff last year, that was one that might start to kind of creep in where, you know, they wouldn't tell you a player was injured. Because well, I think the injury is unavailable, don't they? Yeah, just unavailable yeah. through injury, whereas I think sometimes it used to say exactly what the Yeah, injury. no, there was, aye, there was quite a The leg, arm, head or something, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Aye. Hmm, an interesting one. Um, my hands in the rock happened, I, I didn't really have one until we, just before we came on air, and um, it was a, one of these terrible clickbaity articles came up on uh, the Scottish Rugby Forum, and it's a, uh, it's not... Oh. <laughs> you know which one this is, don't you? I'm yep. not going to say what the website is. I didn't. I, I put it on Twitter, and you can see which website it is um, on on Twitter. But I, I'm not going to say which website it is because their their pattern is absolutely awful. And I think somebody's got in touch from another um, one of these accounts that says they just steal content, but they haven't stolen this content. Um, they've made it up themselves. This is 15 reasons you must, in capital letters, start dating a rugby girl. What's a rug? First of all, what's a rugby girl? <laughs> Is it a girl from rugby? <laughs> a what? Question. It's a valid question. A girl who plays rugby? Just dating a rugby girl. That's what they say. I said on Twitter, this is 15 reasons why people who write for this site will never have sex. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's, let's go through all 15 because they are absolute crackers. Number one, making her happy won't be hard. Just take her to the rugby. Job done. You're not getting a second date, mate. Number two, she won't be afraid to play a bit rough from time to time. Now, I am I am concerned about that on a number of levels. Yes. <laughs> that for, consent is very important. I mean that very seriously. It's not, yeah, that, mm, that's deeply troubling, number two. Number three, it's guaranteed she'll be ultra-competitive in everything she does. Is it? I would question that quite. Is that, it? That's a ridiculous statement. <laughs> because someone likes rugby, is a rugby girl, they'll be ultra-competitive. Have you met anybody that plays hockey? Good God. <laughs> number four, you'll never have trouble playing on a Saturday because she will be too. So that's given us the clue then that we're talking about girls who play rugby as opposed to rugby girls who I I presumed rugby girls could encapsulate everyone who likes rugby. Or girls from rugby. A girl or girls from rugby. Yeah. Anyway, we'll move on. Number five, there won't be any issues with sharing large quantities of food. I mean, is she a prop? Have they got what specific? Have they got a specific girl in mind here? I this know some wingers that I know some wingers that eat, you know, barely a, you know, wouldn't even, you know, put on weight looking at pizza. Good God. <laughs> Number six, there won't be any arguments over what to watch on the TV. Rugby's not on all the time. It's ridiculous. And even when it is on, you can you could have a rugby girl who's an Ospreys fan, and you could <laughs> want to watch the, the Edinburgh game, and they're on two separate Premier channels. And you've only, got, and of course, you moved in together, so you're sharing the Premier Sports account. Yeah, and they don't let you have they don't let you have multi screen unless you pay extra for it. So pff, that's you scuppered, divorced. Nah, good luck Done. with that, mate. <laughs> Number seven, she won't give a damn what anyone else thinks about her. Why? <laughs> have they been? Have they seen? Have they? Have they been to Cardiff on an international day? Bizarre. Bizarre. Number eight, she'll know exactly what to get you for your birthday 
and then they've put a picture of tickets to an England Fiji match. I would be deeply disappointed if I got that for a present. I would have to say, um, that would also indicate that she's she's not gone for the big matches, has she? She's gone for an easily an easy ticket at Twickenham. Yeah, she she's not posted on a a fan site begging for tickets, has she? Number nine, she won't mind having a beer instead of an expensive cocktail. I've been in bars where cocktails are cheaper than beer. Beer can be blasted expensive these days. I know. This, I think this has been written by a 16-year-old on work experience who's only seen women on the internet. Number 10. <laughs> number 10. When she's around, it's guaranteed you'll up your game. I don't even know what that means. Rugby's a game? I... I think we have to take this article in the context that this person believes it's 1980 yeah. and that it's okay to see these things. Number 11, and this goes back to something we've talked about earlier, at no stage will you have to explain any of the laws to her. Well, I would argue that that's it. Given that most rugby fans need to be reminded of the laws because they're constantly changing, I think unless she is works for World Rugby in the laws department... <laughs> Or as a referee, Joy Neville. Uh, yeah, basically. Are if you dating Joy Neville? Neville? If you Neville, but even Joy Neville had to go and check with the bench, didn't she? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Unless, unless you're a TMO and she's a referee. <laughs> ben Skeen and Joy Neville. There's a sitcom. Together. There's a sitcom, isn't it? <laughs> I would love. I think there's a sitcom of the TMO never leaves his room. But relays instructions to the rest of the flat. This could be your Christmas, tri- Christmas, Christmas story special. next year. Yeah, man. flat share with Ben Skeen. <laughs> check, mate. Check, mate. You clean up your dishes, mate. On the side. Where are you, Ben? Come out your room. Um, number 12. An away game can be justified as a genuine holiday. It can be if she likes rugby or not. Yeah. Do you know? That's ridiculous. 13, you can toss things around the house like a rugby ball whenever you like. That's nonsense. One, when can't you do that? Two, it depends (laughs) on what you're tossing around. You know, know, an easily damaged piece of fruit, no. You know, a bit of washing in the washing basket, yes. Small child, no. Larger child, possibly so long as they land on the sofa. (laughs) 14, this is perhaps the worst, the, well, 14 and 15, they're tied for being the worst of all. Um, 14, she has her own group of friends, no clingy, we likey. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, and number 15, she'll make sure you keep fit. I don't think any of those are true. No. Not no. a single one. I, I, I'm going to I'm going to invoke the law of absolute and utter bobbins right yeah. here. Yeah. So what a, the only thing I am certain of is the person who wrote that has never had a girlfriend, and never will do. I am now going to know that site is incel.co.uk. <laughs> I'm I'm fairly sure that I blocked it, which is making me even happier. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, um, I think that's that we, yeah. I don't, I don't think we'll be setting up a rugby dating app anytime soon, anyway. But um, 
hopefully uh hopefully you've enjoyed our return we hope you all had a lovely christmas in your year um we are going to be back next week with our orinoco flow preview podcast prior to our sail away sail away sail away sail away um away trip um and we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about ember as well sandy i promise um, that's fine <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then at some point we're going to get a, a scotland squad announced uh, france announced theirs today so i assume we're probably tomorrow we're recording this now they'll probably announce it tomorrow which always happens when we record podcasts yep. big news things happen the next day um so we, um, i know the six nations um launch is week after next because we've got ian going down to that so at some point in the next week and a half you're going to find out who's in the scotland squad and who is tunney's new captain so exciting times ahead we'll we'll not but that'll be full of the apologies for being a bit downbeat about scotland we'll be full of the hype come next week i'm sure um yeah choo choo um for <laughs> now though it is goodbye from me and goodbye from john and sandy goodbye. Hey, all.